Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. I hope everyone had a nice Pesach, um, an indoor Pesach, a quiet Pesach, um, a healthy Pesach. We are, um, I don't know at this point, how many days up to um, lockdown here. We're getting close to a month and a half. Um, which is insane, um, but we are trying to continue uh, to do as much as we can via Zoom and the internet. And the good thing is that here at You in the City, our organization, I mean, so much of it, the content was already um, based online, so we can continue um, what we were doing before. Um, in terms of Project Macomb programming, um, we've, of course, moved everything to Zoom and to online chat groups and doing our best to um, offer support and re-education to people who grew up with um, abusive and dysfunctional forms of, of Judaism um, and trying to show them the beauty and being observant. Um, and like any place else now creating content um, in our coronavirus times, we are just quite um, obsessed with coronavirus and that seems to sort of be the theme of the world right now. Uh, there's been actually a few people that we've been interested to highlight over the last few weeks since this whole thing began. Um, and ironically, I couldn't sort of grab any of their time because they were too busy doing coronavirus work to have time to talk about their work. But um, thankfully, one of the community activists that I was in touch with a few weeks ago is now, I mean, I think it's a good sign. It's a good sign that he has a little bit more time to spare and that things are getting a little bit more, um, you know, uh, easier, maybe calm, um, maybe, you know, the peak is over. Um, and so we're delighted to have Frank Storch with us uh, on the phone today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Allison, for having me. So um, if you could, you know, introduce our audience to a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you grew up, where you live, um, you know, what you do as a community activist and the founder of the Chesed Fund and Project Ezra. Sure. Well, first of all, um, before I even start, I want to thank you and your special team um, that has been involved with these programs for these years. It's been such a pleasure watching you turn the Jew in the city into such a wonderful powerhouse in the care of world and all over. And we need so many more people like you to be able helping Jews worldwide. So, you know, on behalf of myself, my family, my wife, Dana Sara, thank you for doing such a wonderful job. And of course, I think you have some other people in the background, like Amy Feinstein and Sarah Levine, Zelda Treff, to be able to thank also. Without the team in back of you, we actually would not be anywhere. So thank them on my behalf. Will do. So um, I grew up in Baltimore. I went to the Talmudical Academy. And after I graduated in 1975, I went to the Chavitz Chaim in Israel for a year. And I live in the Pikesville area of Baltimore my whole life. And the most important thing that I've done um, for my Parnassa is I've worked in real estate for many decades. But over the last few years, I have sort of gotten away from that and been working full time on security and safety initiatives, which actually I've been doing for almost um, literally my whole life. But in 19... I think it was around 1981, I started the Northwest Citizens Patrol um, with Barry Rosenbluth, Allah Shalom. It's the largest civilian patrol in America today, and it's been running since then. So that shows you how far I go, I go back with security projects. Mm -hmm. 
Does that fit at all into the work that you do as a community activist, um, sort of before coronavirus began? Um, so is I'm I'm glad there was something before coronavirus because I tell you that's all that's been the last um five weeks literally has been day and night, night and day, trying to deal with um so many different uh aspects. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I founded the Chesed Fund. Um, which is not part of the Chesed Fund fundraising site. About 15 years ago, um, we deal with safety and security projects. And we also have um, something called Project Ezra, which actually started back in 1988. So some of the projects we've been involved with, some very important major things. Um, In 1988, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that for a show in New York, but we opened up the first kosher stand in America at Memorial Stadium downtown Baltimore. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Yankees or the Mets, but we were there first. Hmm. So actually, it was so successful at times we had over 100 people for Marv Mignonen, and sometimes we even had uh, more than one. It was really special. Hmm. We have um, probably 35 or so um, gemachs from Lending Safer Towers. We've done earplugs for probably about 15 years. We've done tens of thousands of them. Matter of fact, we just got in a shipment of 50,000 more earplugs. Um, we've done subsidized bike helmets. And uh, we started a few years ago, water on Shabbos on the front of my house. And that started into about 25, 30 other locations in Baltimore where we'll go through. I mean, in my house, we've done, we've done over 300 on a Shabbos. And we've done probably 10, 15,000 bottles. People have asked me, like, why don't you just put them in uh, regular? But it makes it easier for the people to carry them out and take them with them and drink, et cetera. So some of the other notable things, which I'm sure people in New York remember, Hurricane Sandy was about eight years ago, I think. We brought in about 120 generators into the um, I think it was more in the five towns area with another $150,000 worth of emergency equipment. And uh, it was remarkable. We had a whole escort from Baltimore with Absala members. And we came there. It was so like special a day afterwards. And we got this unbelievable welcome from everyone. And we made a huge difference. And I think a few weeks later, we had... Um, probably about 2,000 people showed up. We did a carnival in Bayswater. And it was just, people just loved it. It was trying to get everyone out of all the situation that happened. And uh, the response from the community was overwhelming. I guess even recently, um, majorly involved with the Hurricane Irene in Micro, Florida, Harvey in uh, Texas, et cetera. We brought emergency food equipment, we brought some responders down there. They were in boats and uh, helped save lives there and brought needed kosher food, etc. Let's see. Some of the other things we did, as um, which really is our mainstay lately, when we're not doing these emergency things, we have um, booklets that we've sent all over the world. Keep your school safe. Keep your camp safe. Stay safe in Israel. Um, overseas travel. And we actually have been endorsed by places like the um, Secure Community Network, Aguda, OU, Young Israel, et cetera. 
the most important part that we have is the Secure Community Network, which is the Jewish arm of the Department of Homeland Security. And we've been working with them for probably about 15 years at this point. We had um, co-founded with them a first ever conference in Baltimore this past May, where we had um, literally 12 different states attend and hundreds of people were there. And uh, we were so, so happy that we had such an important group that wanted to work with us. And we had a very successful event, our Keep Your Soul Guide, which uh, we're working with the Secure Community Network. Um, they are our partners with it. And before we had all this with the relief efforts that we're doing right now, we were very, very close to finishing. But that's on hold until we finish this up and then we'll get to finishing the, our large book. Everything, by the way, can be found on Keep Your, um, I'm sorry, can be found on our site, chesedfund.com. Just press the button and you can print out different things. Were you so involved? The, were you involved yeah. in um, any of the sort of the uptick in anti-Semitism? Um, I know, you know, 2020 has gotten, um, we've just been so inundated with coronavirus all the time, but there was that, you know, rise in anti-Semitism happening in uh, the end of 2019. Were you involved with um, any shul safety around that? Sure. We actually um, just recently bought um, about 50 phones for every show we're donating to the shows in Baltimore that would have all the emergency contacts in there. We have not given them out yet, of course, because the shows are not um, we're not available to put them into yet. But hopefully, hopefully with God's help, very shortly, um, as long as it's safe and the rabbanim and the doctors tell us it's safe to do it, we're hopefully looking forward to that. But I've always been involved with security with the shows and doing um we have a book that we came out with with um security initiatives that we were working on with shows schools camps in general and um i've been in the forefront here in baltimore and all over working with the secure community network on these issues that are coming up all the time um i was in um new york right after we had some anti-semitism acts and i was up there speaking um, the five towns have had it and went to some of the local shuls and have done lots of evaluations for school shuls camps, including up in the mountains. And so now, you know, sort of the, the safety issue of our times now is coronavirus. So um, when did you know that um, this was going to be sort of like the issue? When did you realize that kind of everything else was going to pale in comparison? Um, and then what have you done? Like sort of what was sort of that moment and then kind of what have you moved into to, to help serve uh, the need? So, so interestingly enough, when we had like the Sandy back a few years ago, so besides having brought in the emergency equipment there, I've always had a loads of emergency stuff that was here in Baltimore. We gave out right before I left um, up to New York, we gave out over a thousand um, flashlights, thousands of batteries, and all sorts of emergency equipment. Um, I actually was in Israel um, when all this was happening back, going back for a moment into Sandy. Um, I was actually in Israel, and I got calls that Wednesday and Thursday that there's major happenings in Baltimore. You really should be back in Baltimore to help. So um, 
I was able to get on a flight that Saturday night, came back on Sunday and prepared Baltimore um, for it by giving out all those emergency. And at that point, you couldn't get any flashlights, but we have literally right now we have thousands upon thousands of flashlights and storage for emergencies and lots of other emergency equipment. So I'm always prepared to try the best to do my ishtadlis that we should be having the right things at the right time. When this was happening about the COVID, um, I was contacted by the Chabad rabbi in Beijing and a rabbi in Singapore that they were in need of N95 masks. So um, what I did then was got out, I don't know, it was about 1,200 masks or so, um, sending out to the Beijing and Singapore communities and sent to them, of course, free of charge. And as I started talking with them a little bit more, I realized, like, my gosh, this thing is really going to hit us here really bad because... When was was this uh, January, February? When did you start these conversations? It was in, um, I think I was, I was speaking with them in January. Mm-hmm. And I think in February time, I believe I ordered them mm-hmm. probably about um, 60,000 masks and 95 masks. Um, I was praying that nothing would happen and I would put them in storage for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to take a chance on not having the right emergency equipment. So we ordered that at that point, got them in a while ago. And since then, um, we've actually, at that point, we also have ordered a lot of other personal equipment, like this hand sanitizer, surgical, face shields, gowns, um, hundreds of thermometers, Tylenol, which was very hard to get to be able to provide it to um, all over the country. You know, the some of the people that we gave to which was really, really important besides our hospitals and healthcare professionals. Of course, Hatsalda was the police departments here. We gave out like 500 packages to them. Um, we were actually the first ones when they said an SOS and they need stuff. Um, we responded literally hours later and brought them, um, you know, like the mask and the gloves and things like that. So they would be able to have, also gave to the fire departments and every Kadishas and for the Taras and mikvahs all over, doctors, dentists. Well, this goes on and on. I mean, we ended up sending probably into New York at least 15,000 N95s for different organizations. So it wasn't just in Baltimore and it wasn't just for our community. It was wherever we'd be able to make a difference. So what kind of a response do you get? You know, I think Orthodox Jews are used to, thankfully, um, other Jews helping out, um, sort of being part of a community and knowing they can rely on, you know, members of their community. What kind of a response do you get from people outside the Orthodox community? And why is it so important um, that the chesed that we do goes beyond just our own circles? Um, great question. Um, we're, first of all, everywhere we go, we represent Klai Yisrael. My father, Emilio Storch, was really my role model and inspiration and taught me so many things about race, religion, about dignity, about what you're supposed to do for your fellow man. Um, my father was in real estate, passed away um, approximately 48 years ago, but we still hear stories from the community where he was at about how his handshake was his word and his bond. They'd rather have my father's handshake than they would be able to have anyone's um, signed document. And as a matter of fact, when it came to Shabbos, 
everyone knew that Emilio Storch was going to leave. It didn't matter the biggest deal. It would be happening on Friday afternoon when it was time to get back in Baltimore for the Sabbath. He would go back and, um, and that's just, it didn't matter. And if you wanted to call him on Shabbos, the phone wouldn't be answered. It wouldn't matter how important it was. It wouldn't matter the deal that was on the table. The Sabbath was the Sabbath. And he got the reputation that his word was, was impeccable. And I've seen so many times where we've been involved when uh, we had, unfortunately, the riots um, a number of years ago in Baltimore. The next day after it happened, I went in with um, thousands of pizza, I mean, pizzas, hot dogs, hamburgers. Of course, we kept them separate to everyone. Um, but we gave it out to, you know, the entire, all the police departments. They were all stationed somewhere, having a yarmulke and giving it out giving them drinks. Um, we've done that with on literally on buses where the hottest days of the year have gone on um, MTA buses in Baltimore with other people and just handing out. It makes them all realize that we're all in this together. And certainly by giving it out to the police department, they didn't realize that we're all here together. There were the, our community was very much involved with um, one of the hospitals in town, Sinai Hospital and others bringing them food, um, obviously for free, and making it that they would realize that we appreciate all their tremendous efforts. Um, I also started with some group members, um, jcovid.com. It's a site um, in the community that you can find out the latest information about what's happening with the uh, virus, et cetera. And we've done that, and we've opened up these things for literally everybody. We want everyone to benefit um, I met with when we did our keep your short. I'm sorry, keep your school guide back a few years ago. We made about eleven thousand copies. We also gave it to the Homeland Security for them to be able to use any information that they needed that would be helpful for them. And you know, we do know that it was used in lots of places all over the country. So it's not just for the Jewish people; it's for anyone that can benefit from it. Do you have any specific like anecdotes of um, you know non-Jews who commented about how you know they saw the community after uh, the work that your organization did? The truth is, it every time we're out there and our yarmulkes are proud, the the comments are remarkable because they realize that we're not just doing this to our own dawaramas, our own few feet, but they were going out there to try to make a Kiddush Hashem wherever we are. And we've gotten so many different letters from, from people thanking us and thanking the rabbis for having people that really care about all mankind. Um, of course, we service the best we can. You know, there's limited funds, so we can't do everything for everyone. But, you know, masks, we've given them out um, literally to anyone that's come by, um, we've given them out. We're having actually a big event this Sunday. We're selling, um, we have one of the schools that are gonna have us use their facility to be able to do outside. And we're having people drive through and we're selling the mask at 45 cents a piece in uh, combinations of about 25. Um, some of the schools just gave out like maybe 20, 30,000 of them. They had drive-throughs um, that they donated to the their school members and their teachers and it's taking care of everyone i mean our phone has been ringing off the hook when i say 24 7 maybe not 
you know, at 12 o'clock at night or past that. But other than that, we literally have been working around the clock to make sure that we're providing. We just ordered recently 200,000 more um, the um, regular masks that were um, at that 45 cents level. And those are the ones we're using right now um, to be able to help out everyone. There's a new law in Maryland that you needed to put on a mask if you're doing anything outside of your walking around the neighborhood or being in your own car. So the fact that we had those available immediately, you know, the planning was there. And of course, we're going to be working shortly on the plans of, of being able to open up the synagogues and the shows at the right time with the right permission with the government giving us. But then obviously there's things that have to be planned. It's not just opening up the door with the key. You need to make sure that whatever they're going to be requiring, you have those things that are going to be available so that you're able to end up opening up at the right time. Yeah, it's all very beautiful. Uh, you know, we've spoken before. Uh, I think we have a lot in common in that uh, we want to do good. We want the good that the community does to be known. Um, but we also have a low tolerance for Chil Hashem. Um, and I think we, you know, sort of share um, this common idea that we need to call out problems in our community. We should highlight the good, but we shouldn't be afraid to also um, speak up when people are doing the wrong thing. So um, how do you think that, you know, sort of standing up to Chil Hashem, calling it out is ultimately a Kiddush Hashem? Why, you know, why is that a value? So I was never a person who would stay quiet in almost anything. And when I saw things that needed to be done in security, safety, um, even when people did not necessarily agree, um, I would go ahead and make sure I was prepared. And the same thing with this about preventing things from happening. And it needs to be called out. We have an achrayot for each one of us. And we have to do our utmost to be proactive and to make sure things that are happening um, that are not Kiddush Hashem's, that it gets called out in the proper way with proper guidance, not just um, going on the internet and sending out a bunch of things, um, asking Das Torah exactly how to go about doing it, making sure you speak to, um, make sure you understand the situation. You know, many times in life, you know, things that appeared one way did not end up being the way we thought it was. So you want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what's going on. And when you do that and you ask the right questions, then you have an obligation, as we all do, to make sure things change and be proactive in that case. You know, in terms of you're talking about, you know, it's an Orthodox Jew and the foundation. Certainly don't want to forget about my dear, wonderful mom, since she continued feeling better and better all the time, who's chesed, renowned throughout Baltimore and the world, my dear sisters, they spent her in. Reagan, Gross families, and what they've done and what we've been able to accomplish, including with uh, my mom's brother, the Hermes family. Um, there's no better, greater mitzvah than the chesed that everyone does and involved. And when you learn it from your family, your parents, um, siblings, etc., then it makes it so special and you can continue doing it. And thank goodness that's how I was brought up and I have such wonderful role models for Hashem. Beautiful. And what about um, imparting some words to our listeners? I think, um, you know, they say, in, even in terms of psychology, when you help others, it helps you as well. But I think a lot of people are feeling hopeless, desperate, um, you know, trying to do their own survival. But um, what are some ways that our listeners can get involved, you know, to be able to 
you know, for whatever capacity they have, not everyone um, has the ability to, you know, donate money or get out of that house. What are some different things that our listeners can do to um, help people who are struggling in these difficult times? Okay. So first of all, we all think about typically ourselves first and which is okay. And that's what we're supposed to take care of our families. But Hashem, of course, created us to consider and do for others. And we should always be thinking about what we can do. In this time, there's such endless amount of chesed, chasadim that you can do, whether it's with the elderly, whether it's with being able to make phone calls to people cheering them up. You have singles in the community, um, divorcees, you have widows, widowers. You have so many people to reach out to. And Baruch Hashem, my wife has been doing a lot of that myself in between lots of these calls. And it's just, there's endless opportunities. Most important thing you have to do right now is follow what you're supposed to do. Um, I received a phone call from Hatsada a few weeks ago. Um, there was someone that needed an emergency N95 mask. Um, they didn't have it in front of them at the moment. I ran out of the house, threw it over on the porch moments before Shabbos, um, drove right back home, didn't go anywhere. Now, these are the things if you have an emergency, but otherwise you need to get people that are younger to come help you. You need to do things online. Um, you need to make sure that the elderly are taken care of, that they don't have to go out. Um, everyone right now has a risk factor. The object is how to minimize that, whether it's wearing gloves, which is an important thing. Um, the masks are very important. You have to wear gloves at the right time. If you don't change gloves often enough, they can be worse. And if you don't have gloves on at all, you have to be washing your hands. You have to take everything, what you're being told from the proper authorities, the right way. And if you do and listen to what they have to say, it's a sham with God's help. We'll be past this, the um, and we'll be able to get back to some things the way they were. But there are, let's face it, things are not going to be the way they were. Um, we all have more priorities in life after what's been thrown to us a major curve about what's happening, whether it's, um, actually, I don't want to mention the things I had in mind right now, but in all aspects of our life, I don't want to pick on one particular area, but in all aspects of our life, we have to look at what we're doing, what we're spending, how we're doing things, how we're going to be able to take care of people right now that are not going to be getting jobs back right away. Um, how we can make a difference. And right now, we are in one of those times in our lives, which is really the first time in any of us that are living today, where we're forced to be able to think out of the box about things like what's happening with um, on our internet things. You know, it's beyond that whoever thought that these internet, how helpful they would be for our people. And to be able to learn, to be able to have conference calls, which was not always available. When I was in Israel back in 1975, you know, how do I call back home? You had to go to the post office and wait there a half hour, whatever the case might be, until you got in line and make a three-minute phone call. So things are different today, and things need to be different. We have to look at our priorities differently. Mm -hmm. 
100%. Well, we wish you um, continued Hatzlacha. You know, I guess I guess it's just the nature of the world is that there will always be new things to fix. It would be, I guess, nice. I guess that's what Mashiach is when um, all our work will get to be done. But I guess in the meantime, you should have uh, Koach um, to continue to do this wonderful work. And um, we should all be Zochay to um, have a time where not so much of this work is needed. Thank you again um, for having me on the show. Thank you for all the people that are involved that support you, which is, of course, a very important thing. Um, it takes a lot of money to make these shows happen. And um, we just appreciate so much being part of it. And thank you so much for reaching out to me to be able to go over this. And I wish everyone a very safe day. And um, we hope, Mitzvah that Mashiach will be here, Bukharov. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.